Okay, uh, yeah, uh, go ahead and sit down. Uh, now, would everyone stand with me? Uh, and let's get going. <clears throat> We're going to be reading from uh, Colossians. It's on wheels. Yeah, you just run along. Yeah, there you go. Woohoo! <laughs> Technology. <laughs> it was invented shortly after fire. Uh, the, okay, Col- Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith in Christ is. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the power and the life that are in your word. I thank you for the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. I pray that you would anoint each heart that you would help us to hear what the Spirit would say to your church today. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, My goal as as a pastor, I would say, has clarified and changed somewhat over the years. My goal in ministry isn't about numbers. There was a time... When, uh, when I thought it was. And, and I would dare say that a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of pastors, a lot of ministers, if you were to ask them today, okay, what's your goal? They would begin to talk about, about numbers. And I'm not, you know, I'm not slamming anybody. Maybe that's what God has put on their heart. And if that's what God's put on their heart, that, that's great. Um, uh, praise God. Uh, let, let's, let's shore up that part of the kingdom. But that's, uh, that's not what my, my goal is anymore. Uh, a number of you remember James Ryle he spoke here a few times. He went home to be with the Lord last year. But I, I remember James telling me about when he pastored a church uh, in Boulder, Colorado. And um, the church was doing well. It was exploding. It was growing. And they had an Easter and they had almost 2,000 people there uh, that Easter. And, and James said the next, the next day, the next Monday, uh, he was... He was in his office. He was just sitting in his office and kind of, uh, just kind of, luxuriating in the in the fact that they had had almost two thousand people there the day before. You know, it was it was kind of stick out your chest time that, and uh, and he said as he was as he was just kind of enjoying himself, this this presence sort of came into the room. And it was a similar presence to the presence that one feels when. Um, a patrol car pulls behind you in traffic. And, uh, and he was going, oh, okay, what is that? And he realized it was the Lord. He said the Lord spoke to him very clearly and said, uh, James, you got a big crowd of people yesterday, didn't you? Would you like to try building a church now? And he went, oh, yes, Lord, I would. And what happened then is the sort of thing that when we're looking at at numbers tends to go, man, everything is falling apart because they went from almost 2,000 to 500. 
in the next 18 months. But then over the next 18 months, God built things back up, and he actually had a church. See, Jesus, uh, over in John chapter 6, he had 5,000 people coming, coming to hear him preach. And he preached one of the most powerful and impactful sermons that he brought in all of his ministry. I am the bread of heaven. I am that bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna in the wilderness and died. But whoever eats this bread will live and never die. Woo! Hallelujah. Everybody left but 12 and wouldn't follow him anymore. So it's, it's not, it's not, that's the, numbers are the world's metric by and large. That, that's the way, that's the way the world measures things. Uh, God measures things in a different way. And, and my goal my goal is primarily, a, a, it's, it's, it's about people and not people as statistics. It's about serving them. And it's about seeing them grow. And sometimes serving them involves doing stuff for them. Sometimes serving them involves not doing stuff and ha- having them do it. Yeah, that's, that's part of it too. But, but seeing them grow. And Paul, um, Paul's goals were similar, and, and he states them here very clearly. First one he says is, my goal is that you be encouraged in heart. Encouragement isn't an easy thing, but it's powerful. How many of you have needed encouragement at some point in the last month? It's a real question. Yeah, okay. And, and the rest of you just weren't paying attention. Are you, you would have, you would have known that, yeah, we all, we all need it. And it has to be sincere. It can't just be a one size fits all. Hey, everybody gets a participation trophy kind of encouragement. Uh, one of the movies that we watch at Christmas time most years is, uh, Jingle All the Way. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, if you hadn't seen it, you need to, you need to get that one. It's got some, it's got some big stars in it. It's got, it's got Sinbad in it. He knocks a box over. And it, it's, it's great. But, uh, but one of the things from the movie that, uh, one of the scenes that I, that I like, that I find, um, to be insightful is toward the beginning, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, he's, he's running a company and he's on the phone and it's, and it's Christmas, the two days before Christmas and everybody he talks to on the phone, he ends up by saying, and remember, you're my number one customer, you know, and that's not sincere. That, that can't really encourage people. Encouragement, if you really want to encourage people, Proverbs 25.11 says a word fitly spoken. A, a word fitly spoken, the right word at the right time, is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Life in a fallen world is hard. And, and hearing at the right time in the right way that, that you can make it, or hearing that somebody believes in you, or hearing that God hasn't forgotten you, can be life-changing, can, can absolutely turn somebody around at, the, at that moment. And service, you know, uh, Kevin was talking earlier about People waiting for doors to open, or, or sometimes people, you know, going through doors that God hasn't opened. I mean, you know, all, all kinds of. It's about life in the spirit, and and serving. Sometimes we kind of go, well, you know, I, I want to serve, but I'll uh, I need to wait till I got a Saturday off so I can go do it. 
You know, or I want to serve, but I got to wait until, you know, my finances get in better shape and then I can, I can help people. Or I want to serve or, uh, uh, you know, but my back, you, you know, I, I got to wait till my back gets to feeling better. Serving isn't necessarily about taking a day off and going and lifting something or, or giving somebody something. The, the greatest service you can do to somebody oftentimes is to hear God speak a word that you then give to them. And, and it doesn't have to start with, oh, my children. It doesn't have to start with, I have a word for you from the Lord. It, it can just be, you know, you, you, you see it. I mean, you, you know when somebody's under it. When you're looking around and you're seeing something, oftentimes you can just see it emanating off of that person. You go, man, they're, they're in a rough place. You know? And you know what? It may be that God's intended for you to see it because he wanted to speak something to you to go say to them. Encouraged in heart. Encouraged in heart. It's big. And the other thing is, the other goal is that you be united in love. Little children, love one another. Anyone who says he loves God and hates his brother is a liar. See, I'm practicing my old man sermon here. Let us love one another for, for, for love is from God and everyone who, who loves knows God and is born of God because God is love. My goal is not to have everyone in the church think the same way, not to produce a, a clone factory. Joel was making the announcement about uh, man church, and uh, the term blacksmith was up there, and it, it, it comes from, uh, from Proverbs where it says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. You notice anything about that picture? Does it look easy? No. Iron does not sharpen iron if both pieces of iron are moving in the same direction at the same time. It, they only get dull and rusty by doing that. The, the way that it sharpens is when they're moving in opposite directions or one of them's beating on the other one. Hallelujah. I knew that would, uh, yeah, stir something up. God loves people who aren't like you. God loves people who don't like you. You know, I don't know. When I say God loves people who, don't, who aren't like you, I don't think the person next to you understands that. So, so will you turn to them and tell them, God loves people who aren't like you. Okay, now, will you, will you turn uh, to the person who just said that to you and go back at you? <laughs> not united in political opinions, not united in sports rooting interests, not united in taste, united in love. That's what doesn't change. 
That, that's what keeps us going together and says, so I'm praying, I'm, I'm working for these two things, to be encouraged in heart and united in love. And there's a reason for that. Uh, they, while they could be an end unto themselves, there's actually another end out there so that you may have the full riches of complete understanding. Complete understanding doesn't come from study. Complete understanding doesn't come from experience and age. I mean, yeah, I know some things more now than what I knew 20 years ago or 30 years ago, but not complete understanding. That doesn't come from that. Complete understanding doesn't come from a podcast or from a DVD. Then the saint thought of something he hadn't before. What if complete understanding isn't bought in a store or on iTunes or podcast or on Google Play and cannot be learned by what you hear people say? What if wisdom and knowledge cannot be bought but can only be gained in a united love walk? Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, but maybe you'll remember it now. You know, I, it's, it's not just about reading books. Reading books is good, but it's not just about reading books. It, 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 when, when, and when you stand before, when we stand before God in the final analysis, uh, a lot of things that we think matter don't necessarily matter. You know, it's, it's great to win souls, but God's not going to ask you how many souls you won. He's not going to ask me how many people attended your church. You know, he knows uh, Frank Peretti. Some of you know who he is. He wrote, I guess he still writes. Uh, yeah. But back in, uh, I guess his big hit was back in the late 80s, This Present Darkness. And uh, he went, uh, he spoke at a conference up at Belmont. And I wasn't at the conference, but I, <laughs> I heard a tape of it. That tells you how long ago it was. And uh and, and I remember him sharing a revelation that he ha- had uh, while sitting on the toilet, which is where a lot of us have our revelations. He was, but uh, God, uh, he, he was thinking about all the books he had sold and, and he was thinking about all the speaking invitations and stuff he was getting and the fact they were talking about a major motion picture and all this stuff. And God spoke to him and said, Frank. I'm so happy for you. But do you want me to tell you how big and important you and your book are in my overall plan of things? It's about the size of a tenth of a grain of sand among all of the grains of sand on the face of the earth. It's not about... And he's not going to ask you, how many verses can you quote? And now it's great to quote verses. It's great to know verses. That's important that, that you read the Bible. It breaks my heart how biblically illiterate and how unconcerned most believers are with spending time in the Word. Breaks my heart. But he's not going to ask, how many verses can you quote? How many, how many worship songs did you learn? Nobody could quote more verses than the Pharisees could quote when Jesus came. But they looked in the face of God and didn't know he was there. 
even though they could quote it. He's not going to ask, how much, how much money did you give? That's for your benefit. That's for your benefit. I mean, when, when, when you tithe, it does two things. For, first of all, it, it puts God first, and then God goes, I got gotcha. And second of all, it forces money to take its hand off of your throat so that it doesn't control you anyway. That, that's not the thing. If, but if you will encourage others and walk with others united by your love, you'll discover a treasure. And, and let me just say, when I say if you'll encourage others, you may have thought I was going to say if, if you'll be encouraged in heart. There's a biblical principle. The, the more you give of a thing, the more you get back of it. You know, the more mercy you give, the more mercy you receive. The more love you give, the more love you receive. The more forgiveness you give, the more forgiveness you receive. The more encouragement you give. You know, some of you send out a go, man, nobody ever encourages me. Well, get on your horse and go encourage somebody. And you'll start to receive. You'll actually know what encouragement looks like when it's coming your way. You'll receive a treasure. Now, the, the, the question is, what is a treasure? Uh, because people have different ideas about what a treasure is. We knew it was a craze. But even now, as the craze is dying, you, you, can, you can see people going around look, looking for Pokemons. There's one. No, that's Rodney. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. Back at you. Even now, many people will spend days and hours getting the treasure of beating a video game. Yeah, I spent... I beat that. I beat that sucker. It took me eighteen hours. I beat that thing. How, how many hours this year have you spent in the Bible? Some seek the treasure of money. Some seek the treasure of of fame or, or something else that glitters. The real treasure is to know Christ, and whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And wisdom and knowledge and understanding are such important things. Proverbs chapter 4 says, get wisdom, get, get understanding. Don't forsake wisdom, she will protect you. She, she, she'll protect you. She'll watch over you. Get wisdom, though it costs everything you have. Get understanding. Cherish her, she will exalt you. Embrace her. She will honor you. She'll see to it that you receive honor. She'll give you a garland of grace for your head and present you with a glorious crown. This is important stuff. We live in an era where knowledge flows like water in the ocean. You know, I mean, all you got to do is just pull your little thing out and go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who did. You know, what what was the score of of the... Tennessee, Florida game in 2016. Let's see. Oh, 38-28, Tennessee. And forever, it will be on the internet. (laughs) You'll be able to find it, you know, just like that until the juice stops flowing someday. But the problem is, while we live in an era where knowledge is ubiquitous, wisdom is in very short supply. 
And part of the problem is that the knowledge we're exposed to is at best trivial and at worst false. All you really need to know is in Christ. Paul says this, he says, I, 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 I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. People, there are actually people out there who want to deceive you. Huh. Who knew? Who knew? I, I think I mentioned this a, a, a couple of um, weeks back or something about, you know, I had a, a kind of a mix-up with the IRS or something, but it all got sorted out, but I got a call uh, even after I knew it was sorted out, I got a call from some people who were going, uh, you know, we, we know that you're having problems with the IRS. Uh, you know, we'd like to help you. And, you know, and I go, well, what is your name and who do you work for? Click. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, you know, I've probably heard of uh, a dozen people since then who've gotten those calls. Not all of them have college educations either. Not all of them, you know, a lot of them are... are what am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? People are out there trying to, de- to deceive you. But all you really need to know is, is, is found in Christ. Listen, anything can be made to sound right. Anything can be made to sound right. Any, any proposition you have can be twisted to sound right. When I said turn off the noise a few weeks back, I was talking about the election, but it, it applies to a bunch of other things. You know, and I just said, just ask God who you're supposed to vote for and turn off the noise. That's why I said turn off the noise. All you really need to know is Christ. Here's what you really need to know. This is, this is the treasure. This is the knowledge. Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. Wow. The image of the invisible God. The very expression of who God is. And when you, when you read his life, you're, you're reading about God. He died for our sins. He, he died on the cross for my sins. I'm, I'm probably getting in trouble for saying this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I sin all the time. Sometimes... I don't know it until later on and I realize, oh, ooh, yeah. Sometimes I know it. Do it anyway. I, I'm, I don't think I'm the only one in the room who, who's in that position. He knew that. And He died on the cross for my sins. Wow. That's news you can use. That, that, that can set you free. That can help you walk in abundance of life. He rose from the dead. He rose from the dead for my, for our justification. You see, you see, he died on the cross for our sins. You know, and we tend to think that he rose from the dead because he didn't really sin. And it was, it was unjust for him to, for him to die. And so God went, well, hey, you know, that was wrong. Let's raise him. No, no, no. He died for my sins. And God said, okay, that's taken care of. Now you're justified. That's important. That's, that's life-changing knowledge. All who believe in Him have eternal life. 
Um, back in the 80s, Steve Taylor wrote a song about called Am I in Sync? And it was about people trying to do things to leave a mark in this world, make, make a mark in life so that, so that people will remember them, so that somebody will know that they were here. Uh, and the, the bridge says, immortality is what I'm buying, but I'd rather be immortal by not dying. You don't have to. Eternal life is real. It's not, it's not some imaginary thing out there. It's not something somebody dreamed up and went, oh, wouldn't this be nice? No, it's a real, it's a real thing. I mean, that, that's important knowledge to have. And he's coming back. He will return. I mean, you look at this world, and you know, people are shooting people, and people are protesting, and people are protesting the protesters, and people are protesting the protesters protesting the protesters. And and that's just in our, in our country where things are pretty good. It's not, you know, the places in the world where toddlers are buried under rubble because their government bombed them. You know, you look at this world, you go, man, this is, this is in, how can this get fixed? He will return. This is important. This is important knowledge. And if this information is the North Star in your life, then, then you've got a great treasure that will, that will link you to wisdom that will bring you a great blessing with no sorrow added to it. I'm not saying there won't be any sorrow in the world. I'm just saying God's blessing doesn't add any sorrow when it comes into your life. And if you don't have this, then I'll warrant you still haven't found what you're looking for. Because you haven't. Because it's only found in Him. He is the treasure. Not money. Not fame. Not position. Not power. Jesus. Would you stand with me? And with those who are going to pray with people, come forward. And if you're here and you need prayer, certainly you know that you're welcome. This is a time of grace in the service. There, there, the service contains a lot of different touch points of grace. When we, when we worship in song, when we uh, come to the table, when we give, when we uh, hear the sermon with the ears of the Holy Spirit. And when we have an opportunity to come and be prayed for. Uh, and hopefully when we interact with each other, even in this whole place should be filled with grace. If you're here and you don't know Christ, there's one other thing that I, that I didn't put up there that's, a, that's some information, some knowledge that's found in Him. He loves you. He loves you. Doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. He loves you. You're here today because He made an appointment for you to be here. And you can certainly come and get to know Him. Give your life to Him. If you don't need to come, worship with us for a few moments. Create an atmosphere of grace where others can receive. Be a part of that encouragement.